Hello and welcome back to the Sunland Preview Podcast. Sunland butted Oxford United out of the way on Friday afternoon as goals from Lyndon Gooch, Aidan McGeady and Max Power ensured that we headed into our biggest game of the season, knowing that a win would move us into the automatic positions. And as many of you know, the preview podcast normally only goes out for our weekend games, but I think this one coming Easter Monday is probably too big for us not to do one. So to discuss the game, a huge game at London Road, or as it's now called, the Western Home Stadium, if you prefer, is Tim from popular posh podcast, The Yellow Block. How are you, mate? You all right? Hello, but yeah, buzzing. Uh, great result for us as well today. So um, looking forward to what is undoubtedly a huge game on Monday. It's quite funny. We both came like off air, came on the podcast absolutely buzzing. And I don't think I've had that this season. Um, for many guests, there's normally someone sounding depressive and someone sounding very, very happy. Yeah. Well, it's been a, I mean, it's been a, a roller coaster season and a roller coaster few weeks with Posh. Our form has tanked and then seemingly out of nowhere, we absolutely smashed Accrington and, uh, and we're back on the up again. Massive, massive result for us today. And in the space, so I think it was two minutes. We went from second up to first, down to third when you guys scored, and then back to second when uh, when Hull scored. So it was an eventful last five minutes, um, and probably not a game we really deserve to win. But if anything, that's a positive sign because it's uh, they always say, don't they? If you you can win games that you don't deserve to win, that's a sign of a team that's going up. So hopefully that will stand us in good fettle. We'll see. It's as tight as a gnat's arse. I think is the correct term, isn't it? At the top of the table at the minute. To be fair. You could say that it's um, I mean, it's it's literally changing game to game. And I think that really I mean, there's no doubt that Monday is is easily one of the biggest games that we've had in, in our recent history. Um, I mean, it's huge. It is absolutely massive. And I think if either team gets maximum points from that game, I think. It's theirs to lose at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, if it finishes a draw and potentially both fan bases would take that right now, um, we're kind of as we are now, but it's a huge game. And, and it's just gutting that we can't be there because it, it would be sellout from posh side. Sunderland always travel well. They're a noisy bunch. So it would be absolutely rocking on Monday. And it's just heartbreaking that um, it can't be. But, you know, hopefully we can, uh, you know, it can be a, a spectacle in any case. But... Tight as a Nats ass is absolutely the right description for it. Just <laughs> yeah, now. I think so. I think um, obviously we're, we're barely like a, a minute or so into the podcast, and I think I've said the word massive. You said the word huge about four or five times already. But Monday's game really is that huge, and I know Sunderland fans have never wanted to be in League One, but I, I'd agree with you. I think over the past say five years, it's been one of our biggest games as well because we've been wanting to get out of this division since we dropped into it. But how's everyone in, in Peterborough feeling about it? Are you nervous? Are you confident? Are you kind of a bit of both? Um, good question. I think um, kind of jumping back to just before the Accrington game last week, we were, nobody was confident. We were dreading this Sunderland game. But then out of nowhere, we absolutely smash Accrington 7-0 and then get a great result away to Fleetwood. And suddenly the confidence is back. Our home form is impeccable. I mean, we are unbeatable at home. Um, so that puts us in our favour. I think it's a mixture of both, if I'm honest. Naturally, we're nervous because nobody wants to go into the playoffs. Um, although this is a free horse race, you can absolutely guarantee whichever of the three end up in the playoffs will not go on to win the playoffs because that's just how football works. So it's automatics or bust now. And and for the remaining fixtures that we've got, I know that you guys have got a, a pretty sort of rough run in, but I mean, ours isn't easy, but this is easily the one that really stands out as the, the make or break for us because you've got that game in hand. Um, if we can get a positive result on Monday, 
I really think that will turn the tide of where this league's going. Uh, I, I genuinely, I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to you, but I, I generally think the Black Cats will go up automatics. It's really just between us and Hull now in terms of who's going to take the other spot. Who will win it? I don't know, but I, I think Sunderland are, are automatics, the form you're in and the, the, the way that you guys are playing. Um, so really it's between us and Hull. So we're seeing this perhaps as a game where we've got to win because we don't want Hull to, to you know, to pull away from us. So um, I think that's kind of how we're approaching it, but we're confident we're in good form. And I think I wouldn't want to be a Sunderland fan or a Sunderland team coming to London road at the moment, because even when we hit bad form, we're still good at home. And um, it's a difficult pitch to play on. I'll warn you now, it's like a ploughed pitch just now. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, I just hope that it's decided by the quality that's in both teams and not decided by you know a refereeing decision or or you know just something out of our, our control it's, it's got all the makings of a great game it's on tv there's a real buzz around the place i just hope it lives up to expectations now yeah well so q hope, and nil nil basically i'll, I'll take a <laughs> I'll, I'll take a really bad game to be fair a one nil win of charlie wags arse i'll be honest but yes it'd be nice if we won it with <laughs> with flair and confidence um <laughs> Looking back at that game today... Well, I think I think the thing is... Sorry, Graham. I think the thing is, just jumping back to what we were saying just off air before the start, is, is Hull aren't... Hull aren't... A, they're not... I think most football fans in League One this year would say Hull aren't a team that have, uh, are champions in terms of watching them play. So I think Posh and Sunderland are probably the two teams that do stand out in terms of quality. And that's why you really hope that this lives up to expectations. I know that Sunderland have got to play Hull, but this for me is the showcase. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the cup final, if you like, of the league campaign. So um, I guess that's why it's got such a big billing at the moment. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think I think we both, I don't know if it's just me, but I just I kind of feel very similar. I think I've said to a few fans that I think it would be us and us and yourselves, obviously, now it's on a recorded podcast, it's not going to be like that, because obviously, egg on my face, as it always <laughs> happens, but um, it's been a weird one. I've tried to ignore um, Peterborough and Hull as best as I can, which I haven't completely, because you still keep an eye, but like today, once we won, I was like, brilliant, now I'll check the scores, and then I've seen two 90th minute winners, and I was like, ah, oh. um, which is a bit frustrating, but then I try to think, obviously, because we were doing this tonight, the flip side of that you know when Sunderland's 2-1 up, you know the form that we're on. You've seen that Hull have just scored sort of around the same time. Um, heading into the 89th minute before you'd scored, I imagine there's a bit of worry there. So when, when that goal comes in the 89th, 90th minute from Clark Harris, how does that sort of feel knowing that both other sides were, were winning? Yeah, it was, um, it, again, it was another moment where you really wish you could you could be there. It was it was potentially season-defining. Um Fleetwood away is, is always a bad hunting ground for us. We never do well up in the northwest at any of the teams. Um, but yeah, we we saw that Sunderland had scored. We dropped down to third at that point. Um, having there was a, it, I mean, it was literally it was a mad few minutes, and and we dropped down to third. And the the goal is great, and and obviously you know it sends you into elation. But for us, it was more that we hadn't. It was a double-edged sword, I suppose. We we nearly scored in the first couple of minutes. And I think if we had, we would have run right a bit like we did against Accrington. And then it would have been disappointing because kind of halfway through, you you guys are uh, a drawing, Hull a drawing. It's like, if we win here, we can really kind of make some some games. 
But then it transpired actually by winning. It just meant that we didn't really lose ground. So it literally in the space of two minutes, the mentality completely switched from this is a chance to really, you know, impose ourselves to, well, we haven't lost any ground here, which is a, a result. So a weird afternoon, but one where you really kind of, you, you do come away buzzing. And um, it, it's a tough weekend for, for all the clubs at the top. Um, the fact that the free the free horse race have all come out with it with three points from the first day really kind of um, puts the pressure on even more for Monday, I think. One thing I'd fancy this kind of tightness at the end of the season, I'd prefer it now as the only saving grace is that like, like, cause we all scored in the 90th minute. I know obviously we were two and up already, but like three goals in the 90th minute, that kind of thing is kind of set up for what happens on the end, like the end of the season. I just really hope it's settled by that point in, in our favor, but what I find most weird about it, and I spoke about this off air um, to you beforehand. I, of course, I went on a live stream podcast on a, the Sunday Echo and said that Peterborough were going to bottle it on the day that they won 7 0. Um, but to be fair to Peterborough, you've had a good side for years. You know, there's been Ivan Tony's came through, there's been obviously Marcus Madison, who's dropped a bit, but good player on his day, obviously, put up to the sword <laughs> last season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You've topped tables in December, and, and since we've been down here the past three seasons, you've definitely been one of the better sides. But for want of a better word, you've consistently seemed to have bottled it. Um, this season, yep. no matter what happens, even if you finish third, you, you haven't bottled it, so to speak. So, so what's been different this season compared to the last ones? Yeah, well, there's two, I suppose, two things that, that I would uh, I, I would look at with that one. There is an element that does feel like we have bottled it uh, if we don't take automatics. And I say that because there was a time shortly after we came back from our COVID break um, in January where we really had the potential to run away with the league. We were top. We had two games in hand over second. We were three points clear. And at that point, you're looking at it thinking we could be home and hose by the end of February. Um, and then we went on a, a bad run and it, it didn't happen. So there is an element that still feels like we've bottled it. However, start of the season I think most of the fan base would have taken playoffs so in that respect it's still a successful season I think really the whole league has just been odd this year I think that's been a mixture of Covid not having fans there the whole league is just every week there's a result that catches you out um, the quality pretty much across the league has been dire this year it's just it's just been a strange season it's just and I'll be I'll be glad when it's done I mean obviously I'll be I'll be glad when it's done if we're champions or going up in, in second but it's it's just weird from start to finish in terms of what's different I don't know I mean we've played differently this year whereas before we were inherently you know we'll score five goals we'll let you score four but we'll score five it was very much we'll just outscore the opposition this year we've been a bit more solid in defense we've built a bit more of a foundation the spine of the team is is good whereas before we'd have one or two star players we don't really have that now we've got 11 good players rather than one or two you know flair players i mean there's a couple that do stand out naturally but it's a good squad i think that's probably the difference but then if i'm honest with you graham we spent 90 percent of the league's transfer budget in 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 the summer was all posh so we should be where we are if i'm honest with the amount of money that we spent in the summer um so i guess it depends how you look at it I, you know we're happy where we are we're frustrated that we didn't run away when we had the chance um but it's a different it's got a different feel about the place 
And I think that's really just down to the fact it's a good team, whereas before we were an OK team with one or two good players or one or two exceptional players, although I'm reluctant to include Marcus Madison in the exceptional category, but you get where I'm going. If Marcus Madison's a funny one. We're not, he's um, not overly well-liked at Posh, if I'm honest, uh, now. I've just, yeah, I've, nev- I've never, Sunderland fans, I think, for a long time were quite enamoured by Marcus Madison. I never really have been. Um, and I thank the Lord Jesus Christ, if he exists, that we didn't spend 2.5 million on him. Um, because, well, he's, a, he's played for Bolton. So, there we go. Um, well, he's a wasted talent. I mean, there, there oh, is yeah. no, there is no doubt that he he could have made it to the top. No doubt at all. On his day, I mean, he was for for elements of his of his peak at Posh. He was a cheat code for our league. He was way too good for League One. But his attitude and his off the field antics and just his personality is is really set him back. And I think a large part of it is his management around him, those that have been guiding him and advising him have really let him down. Um, and it's, you know, he's, he's getting to that point now where if he's going to make it, it's got to be now. And instead he finds himself in league two and yeah, it's, you know, he's done and dusted. He's not well thought of at Posh now. You know, he, he, he had a couple of really good years and he was a great player to watch, but he left on an incredibly sour note um, and he won't be welcome back anytime soon. I don't know where he'll get back to this level. It's a funny one. It's like, I mean, you always hope that a young lad does well. You don't want to see a young lad do badly, but it just doesn't seem to be working for him right now. And I think you're a better side for it since I've seen you. And I know it's a funny thing to say because he obviously had one of his peak games against us last year, but um, kind of showed you what he could <laughs> do, didn't it? But Hall fans weren't exactly enamoured by him. Charlton fans haven't been enamoured by him. So there's, there's a running theme there. There's yeah. a common denominator, I think. Um, with Marcus Madison and, and well, I mean, you you nailed it really. You, you nailed it on the head there by by saying he showed you what he could do last season. If he wanted yeah. to be on it, he was unplayable. The problem with Marcus is he didn't always want to be on it, um, and it meant that you were carrying a player, and, and you just can't do that at this level. Um, you know, it was often that he became a liability purely because you were looking to play him in, you were looking to find him and he, he didn't want it, he wasn't bothered. So you're then wasting opportunities. And I think that's one of the main differences we've got in the squad this year, because we don't have that one standout flair player. The whole team has to play well and it makes a huge difference. It really does. Yeah, it has to be that some of your parts. I think um, obviously McGeady's coming to the side for us this season and um, been phenomenal, for want of a better word. And, and so he should be the, the level of talent that the guy has is ridiculous, even at 35. But I think a few years ago, he was probably heavily relied on. Now, you know, you look today and yeah, he got the second, but you've got Jordan Jones, you've got Charlie White, you've got players that are really chipping in, Lyndon Gooch with another goal today. You've got, it's it's more, they are an asset, but they're part of a team that works together rather than just giving it to McGeady, which to be fair, sometimes I was guilty of saying, give it to McGeady and just let him do it. But naturally that's not the way you, you tend to win things and that's why we're still in this division as it currently stands but um one of the key aspects i'm going to completely uh contrast with what i've just said here but one of the key aspects for posh has been the form of johnson clark harris and i think many 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 Sunderland fans would have liked to see him come in the summer as it is we've been lucky enough that charlie white's turned into a different charlie white than what we've seen but i think most people thought johnson clark harris mm. would go to peterborough and do well and he most definitely has but what I find quite interesting is he's a totally different player to Ivan Tony. And you mentioned before about you changed the way that you you play. So 
my actual question was going to be, how does he compare to Ivan Tony? But how have you changed to adapt to Johnson Clark Harris, should I ask? Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, Peter is a, a conveyor belt of hot, young, good talent up front. Yeah. I mean, we've had some sensational strikers at the club that have gone on to achieve great things. Yeah, you know, Jack Marriott, Britta Sombalonga, Craig McHale-Smith, Aaron McLean, Dwight Gale. You, I mean, the list is endless. It really is. Um, and Ivan Tony was the latest of that, really. I mean, he will go to the very top of that, I have no doubt. Um, I genuinely think he will go on to play for England. Um, he is absolutely bossing it in, in the championship. He's still young. He's English. There will be so many top premiership teams that will be sniffing around him without a shadow of a doubt. And Ivan Tony was a special, special player. Um, Johnson Clark Harris, if I'm honest, when he came in, did split the fan base a little bit. Um, we weren't overly sure that he was the right signing for the club. Um, and to be honest, the first kind of half a dozen games, including when we, we played you guys, he, he wasn't. He wasn't great. Um, he came in quite fatigued. And at that point, we're thinking we've overpaid here. In fact, I went on record at the start of the season saying I think we've overpaid and he's proved us wrong. Um, in terms of how we're playing differently for him, he's, he, they're, they're both similar players and they're quite physical. They'll drop back and get the ball. They'll dictate the game. They're both good in the air. Um, I suppose it's the players around him that's different. Uh, we've got good attacking players supporting him, whereas before Ivan Tony pretty much had to do all the work himself. He had to make all of his own chances, whereas uh, Johnson Clark Harris is more of your kind of traditional number nine. He'll, he'll be there to put the, the ball away in the back of the net. Now, he scored a hat-trick against Accrington and the combined total for all three goals was about eight yards outside of the goal line. Um but you've got to have someone there to score him, and, and that's what he's good at. He's composed. He'll score ninetieth minute penalties without any problems at all. Obviously, he scored today against Fleetwood in the in the ninetieth minute. Um, he, he just seems to pop up at the right time, and, and he's a handful for defenders. But he plays well because the players around him are good, and I think that's the main difference between him and Ivan Tony. I think if you put Johnson Clark Harris into last year's posh squad, I'm not sure he would hit the same level he has this year. If I'm honest. Yeah, I think, to be fair, Ivan Tony, from what I've seen of both, which is not as much as you have, but Ivan Tony, I, I really wouldn't be surprised if he went in and did like an Ollie Watkins Brentford to England. No, that wouldn't surprise me at all. And it would make me really happy as well because Newcastle let him go for 500,000, so that would be even funnier. Um, I'd be quite happy with that. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, New, Newcastle really must be... I, I, I mean, I was trying not to use the N-word on this podcast, but, <laughs> I mean, they must be kicking themselves. They yeah. uh, they kicked him out because they had issues with his, his attitude and his off-the-field uh, ability. You know, we picked him up, um, obviously had a, a stint at Scunny as well, and he got picked up, and, and credit to him. I mean, he's the consummate professional now, he really is. I think, having seen him play a lot... Uh, I, I honestly think he will go to the top. He, for me, he's a like-for-like -like replacement for Vardy at Leicester. Um, I, I genuinely think he'll be in a top, top six premiership team. And he, he is absolutely good enough. When he went to Brentford, there was a lot of question marks. Can he hack it at this level? Well, he's clearly proof that he can this yeah, year. He's easily. absolutely walking the championship. Um, if Brentford don't go up, he will, he will move to the premiership in the summer of that, I've no doubt. Yeah, I feel the same as well, actually. I watched him, I've watched Brentford a few times because they're quite a nice team to watch, aren't they? In a way. Um, yeah. Which kills me as a Sunderland fan because why why aren't <laughs> Sunderland doing that? Um, but <laughs> there's many reasons for that, which is for another podcast. But yeah, no, absolutely. But funny thing with Johnson Clark Harris is obviously there's been a little bit of talk about him and Charlie White comparing 
you know, going against each other. And I thought, oh, at least pulled ahead a little bit. I think he's on 26 league goals. I think Charlie Webb's on 22. So I thought, well, I could compare the amount of goals or I could compare the the minutes per goals or and all that kind of stuff and look into stats, which I'm not really a stat man, but nonetheless, I was quite surprised. Johnson Clark Harris is ahead of Charlie White on goals, but statistically they're ridiculously close. Charlie White scores a goal every 129 minutes. Clark Harris scores a goal every 127 minutes, including the day. Um, yeah. So straightforward question. I know you might ask open questions here, but I'm going to ask you a closed one. Um, do you think that you've got the best strike in the league or do you think Sunderland has? <laughs> Um, I haven't seen enough of Charlie White this year to be able to say definitively yes or no, but we've got the league's top scorer, so yes. Yeah, to be fair, I think I don't think Charlie White is Charlie White because the last the Charlie White I've in the last two seasons is very different to this one. And I know there's been a hair transplant there, but I think something else has been transplanted because it's <laughs> very, very, very different. Um, but we've spoke a lot about Johnson Clark Harris, obviously, but. You touched on before about the team and it's been more about the team element this year rather than the individuals. And to be fair, that's a really good point because when I think of Peterborough and when I think they've had a good side, I'm looking at individuals. Sometimes I'll not remember your back four and so on and so forth. Yes. Um, yep. Sammy Smorix as a player would have really liked. Um, it's something myself. And I think Dan Bailey was your best player when you played up here as well. They've both chipped in with 12 goals and eight goals respectively, which is really not a bad return at this stage in the season. Um but the best person to ask about players on current form and which players Sunderland should be worried about is a, a posh fan. So which players outside of those three or including those three, would you, which should Sunderland fans be most concerned about? Sure. Well, I suppose the the bad news, I guess, for, for the Black Cats is that our, um, our kind of standout player uh, this year has been midfielder Jack Taylor, um, one of the latest players that we snapped up from non-league. Now, the bad form that we went in prior to the Accrington game coincided with Jack Taylor being out injured. Um, unfortunately for the Sunderland fans, Jack Taylor was back on the team sheet today and got a half hour run out against Fleetwood. So he will start against Sunderland on Monday. Whether he'll be 100% fit, I don't know. But even a 90% fit Jack Taylor will boss that midfield. Doesn't matter how good your midfield is, Jack Taylor will be better. I know that sounds arrogant, um, but he is easily the best midfielder that is in the league at the minute and easily the best midfielder that we've had at the club probably in all the time I've followed them. Um, and we've had some good midfielders, mm -hmm. but Jack Taylor is something else. He is, I mean, he's only 20, 21. He's young um, boy, isn't he? Yeah, still, still got time to grow. You'll see on Monday. He's sensational. Yeah, he's absolutely sensational. So, yeah, Sammy Smodix, Dembele, Johnson, Carter, Carris are good, but they're only as good as Jack Taylor's playing that day. Yeah, and you need that kind of midfielder, don't you, to kind of need you taken over sometimes. I think he's he's 22 to be precise or something like that, isn't he? He's quite young. He's still like okay. a kid, basically, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. But did he start at Chelsea? Am I, am I making that up? Is that where he started in his youth career? Because he came from there originally, didn't he? Potentially. I know we we snapped him up from um, Barnet. He was kind of That's the right. latest off there. They, they've ended up being a bit of a feeder club for us over the years, but we've absolutely robbed him, if I'm honest. Um, he will go for huge money when he does move on. 
He's, I mean, I say he his injury coincided with our bad form. So that in itself kind of tells you everything you need to know about Jack Taylor. When he's not playing, there is there's very little linkage between the front and the back. Um, we don't move through the the phases of the of, of the pitch very well without him. He's just that glue, and you really see the difference when he's not playing. So we as Posh fans are over the moon that he is back fit, ready for Monday. Um, because without him, uh, we would really struggle against an experienced and, and well-rounded Black Hats midfield. Um, but with him, we're confident at that point, certainly in that, that part of the pitch. It's funny with, with Jack Taylor, I could be wrong with this and you'll be able to tell me if I'm right, but I think when he moved as well, it wasn't like one of those... We'll take a chance and see how he does. It was big money, wasn't it? It was like half a million or something like that, which from Barnet is is big. Half big a million, money. big money, half a million. But in all honesty, he's probably worth five, six times that already. Um, he's, you know, he's got, uh, he's been called up to international level. He, I mean, he, he, he's another one that will, will, will go to the job. He's, he's way too good for this level. Um, but yeah, outside of the front three, he he is definitely the one to watch. But then again, you know, you, the entire team this year, and it's weird as a posh fan to be able to say that, you can't just focus on Jack Taylor because Joe Ward at right back or right wing back is is sensational. Dan Butler on the other side, you know, Nathan Thompson, he maroots forward from the back. It really is a strong team this year. Um, the challenge that you've got as a defence, I suppose, as a Sunderland defence, is if you put all your eggs in, in the basket in terms of marking Clark Harris, you then leave Smodix and Dembele free. You do that at your peril. So you put an extra player on Dembele, that leaves Smodix free. You then leave Jack Taylor free. So it's very hard to defend against Posh. Um, teams that have done it well tend to push us quite high um, because that's where we struggle. If we're being pressed high and in our own, we like the ball. And if we can't hold on to the ball, um, that's when we start to struggle. So if you can press high and you can put us under pressure and unsettle us, then we are beatable. Um, but Jack Taylor is is absolutely the one that, that Sunderland need to nullify without question. Completely forgot that you had Nathan Thompson, and I hate Nathan Thompson. Can't stand him. <laughs> Not for his Peterborough days, for his Portsmouth days. We, you've probably noticed because you've been in the same league as us for the, the time we've been here. Um, we don't we don't really get on with Portsmouth that well. We've had a bit of a random no. rivalry recently, and and he was in the first few seasons he was like chief shit house, which you kind of will want on your team, but at the same time you don't like it against you and. Yeah, he's playing um, against. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. And he's he's definitely, but he's, he's came in and he's done well. I mean, he is one of the better right backs in the league as well. He's he's someone who's we've got experience mm. against, and we he's he's always played in a top a top end or playoff automatic promotion kind of level side of of League One. So I, I think yeah. for the first time in a while, like you say before, as much as I'm confident as well, don't get me wrong, we are coming up against the side that feels that they are good across the board. And it's not just one or two individuals that you might pick out that have had an all right season. Um, Which is unusual for us as posh fans, really unusual for us as posh fans to be able to say that. And Thompson's a good example of that this year. It came out of nowhere. If you'd said to us in the summer that uh, that, uh, Thompson would be in the running for player of the season. Yeah, I mean, he's always been a good player, but he's been made of glass before this season. He played one Mm -hmm. game and then missed five. Um, This year, I mean... He's been un- unplayable at times. He really has. And not many posh fans would have seen that coming. He's been absolutely one of the surprises of this campaign. And it's been a lovely surprise because we've seen him turn into an amazing player. Um, 
and yeah, the shithousery side of things, he loves it, absolutely loves it. And with the Sky cameras there, Monday and the history that, that he had at Pompey with the Sunderland uh, fans, yeah, he'll be playing up. He, he will oh, yeah. he will be relishing Monday. Um, and it brings out, it does bring out the best of him. Um, so that works in our favour too. It just it just set up for a game, isn't it? I think on on Monday to be a really good one that I genuinely sort of can't call. Um, before I move on to sort of Sunderland side of things, I wanted to check in on on Dembele. I've got to be honest, he really really impressed me when you know it was third game of the season when we didn't really know who was going where. We just knew that both of us would hope to be there or thereabouts and. I know we won that day, but Dembele was far and wide on that day. Your, your most dangerous player, you should say. But I read somewhere, and I can't remember where it was. I'm sure it was Celtic that were interested in him, that he he might be going in the summer anyway, and kind of Peterborough succumbed to that. Has that changed in the past few weeks? No, it's in January. Um, he he um, kind of shocked everyone, if I'm honest, by putting in a transfer request. Um, he he is a he's a good player. You, you saw that when we, we played at the stadium a lot he's a he's a good player and, and on his day he's a match winner um he's another one that's that's recently only just in fact today was he came on at the same time as jack taylor returning from injury so he's another one that's only just getting back to full fitness um he is a good player he can be incredibly frustrating to watch um because his decision making can be poor and for every one game that he's a match winner you'll get two or three where he he doesn't cost you the game, but it'll cost you good chances. Um, at right now, if he does go in the summer, if we get good money, it's not the end of the world. He's replaceable. He's not an Ivan Tony in terms of his level, although he thinks he is. Um, he's got the potential to win a game, and you'd certainly want him on your team rather than against your team. Mm-hmm. But he's he can be quite hit or miss i guess is is where we would put it at the moment um but yeah he does want to go he sees his is you know trade at a higher level and you know fair play to him he, he probably um he probably is better than league one i would argue that he's probably not better than championship level so whether that puts celtic on par of a championship team i don't know um but yeah, I, I'm interested to see how his career plays out because it could go one or two ways. I think he'll either go on and achieve, you know, a decent level or he'll kind of just be one of those players that was sort of had potential but never really achieved it. So I think for him, it's consistency that he needs to find more than anything now. I suppose outside of the, you know, this season's form and where you want to go and stuff like that, that must be one of the... The benefits of being a Peterborough fan is that I've, I've spoke to Darren McAnthony before and I know he splits opinion. I know he really does. I really like him. Not everything he says, but I quite like yeah. the conviction with which he says it. But if I'm looking at it from a, a football perspective, um, you're never going to sell a player for less than what he's worth. You're probably going to sell him for more than he's worth. Um, Ivan Tony went for what seemed like big money, but he's got selling closes. So when you're a Peterborough fan and someone like Dembele goes, right, I want to go, you kind of almost think, well, uh, that'll be disappointing, but at least we'll get our well, money's worth. Is that kind of the benefit of having Darren McAnthony as your, your chairman, that you actually know he's not talking shit, he's going to get your money? Yeah, I mean, D- Dara and uh, Barry Fry, our director of football, I mean, they would they would sell their wives if money was right. They're, they're very <laughs> much... Um, they're very much kind of uh, business people and they're very good at what they do. And yep. if I'm honest, without Dara over the last few years, bringing in the, the strikers that I just mentioned and, and a few other players, George Boyd and people like that, that, that they've gone on to sell, they 
plucked out of non-league from nowhere and they've sold them for big bucks. Without that, we wouldn't be where we are because there is no doubt that we're not on the same level as the likes of Sunderland and Portsmouth and Hull and Ipswich. We, we're not, we're, there are, you guys are a higher echelon to where we are. Without the, the reason that we're competing with you is because of the, the, the business that people like Dara McAntony have done for the club. Um, you know, bringing in an Ivan Tony and selling him with the, the sell-ons for like 40 times what we paid. It's stupid business, um, but it's kept the club afloat. And it's a great time to be a posh fan just now. We, we've just bought back our ground. We've got um, plans for a new ground. The council are, are really kind of bankrolling it and supporting us. Um, so, you know, within the next two, three years, we'll have a nice new stadium. The fan base is growing. Um so you can't really not be excited to be a posh fan just now. And I don't think it will be many years. And within the next decade, I think we'll consistently be a championship team. And, and that will be lovely because after eight years in League One, I am more than ready for a, a break. Because as you quite rightly said, we've bottled it eight years in a row. So uh, it would be quite nice just to, um, rather than playing the likes of Rochdale away, no disrespect to them, it would be nice to go to... Uh, some of the nicer grounds away from home. With them, um, with your stadium, I went in, oh God, we were a Premier League team, so it seems a while ago now. It was an FA Cup game. I think it was 2013, <laughs> maybe even 11. Have you got rid of that terracing area? Because I had the best away day I've ever had in my life at Peterborough because it was FA Cup. Unfortunately, got... yeah. Oh, no, yeah. that was a Unfortunately, we have. I loved, I know, I know, I, I love that because I, where I sit, I... I sit on the the stand right next to what was the terrace. So I was right there with the away fans. And yeah, unfortunately we did. We got rid of the terrace. The council built a brand new all seated stand uh, with a business centre behind it. Um, you know, huge amounts of money they spent and now we're moving grounds anyway, but that's by the by. Yeah, unfortunately the terrace is gone. We've still got the terrace where the home fans are, um, but the away terrace is gone. And every single club, that comes to us now is gutted. You, you, many fans have said great. it was the best away day because of the terrorists. It was great. And it held the sound, so it was noisy. Yeah. yeah. We went in... Yeah. Uh, but it's gone, unfortunately, now. I went in the, the Martin O'Neill era when, I know it didn't work out, but we had three months where we thought we were the best team in the world. And we probably probably were on, on form at the time. <laughs> um, and we went to this... We went to this boat. It was me and Tom Walsh, who's a, a writer for Wiseman Say. We went to Peterborough. We said, look, we'll, we'll do Peterborough away. It's FA Cup. It doesn't matter. We'll just do it. We're never going to play Peterborough in the league. Ha, ha, ha. But we'll just go anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so we went and we thought, this will be great. It was like a 10 or 15 quid a ticket. And we got really drunk on the... I stayed at his house. He was living in Leeds at the time. We got really, really drunk. And... Drunk to the point where we left four cans outside the train station and went, they'll still be there when we come back. They weren't. But we went on this little <laughs> boat. There was like a boat bar outside the ground. Yeah. And I got, uh -huh. so, it was a day yeah, Paul Scholes. Yeah. Oh, it was great. Loved it. It was a day that Paul Scholes came out yeah. of retirement. And I remember at the time it got announced, like on the day that he came out of retirement, he was on the bench and I seen him come on the pitch. And I thought I drank to the point of hallucination because I didn't realize he came out. <laughs> Of retirement and then we went one two nil and i went in the terrace and it was great so i'm really really sad to see that uh because peterborough was my favorite yeah. way they've ever had because it was the most common like a way there because if if we lost it didn't really matter um it but we won day. yeah and i got very drunk and it was great but um but yeah it was I, I'm, I'm sad you got rid of the terrace uh, when when we um 
when we were in the, the championship, we were, you know, easily the smallest club. The, the ground was easily the smallest that, that fans would come to. And, you know, for championship clubs and I guess the premiership clubs like, like you guys that were visiting us at the time, you're so used to going to these all-seated, you know, massive mm-hmm. stadiums. So to come to Parsh and be in a terrace... It was a for many fans. It was a throwback, and, and a lot of big clubs loved coming to Posh because a you guarantee three points, but also more than anything, the uh, the terrace was a great great experience. And um, yeah, unfortunately, that's gone. The new ground is being designed so it will have standing areas and uh, acoustically, it's meant to hold the sound. But nothing will replace the terrace. Unfortunately, that's. Um, Unfortunately, that's a day gone by now, isn't it? But uh, yeah, some good good times in that terrace. I used to love baiting the away fans in that that terrace. That was uh, my weekly highlight every Saturday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, since we've moved our away fans, because I sit in the southwest corner, which was where the away fans used to be at the stadium, like were right next to us, and now they've gone up in the gods. And it, some people like them up in the gods. I kind of like baiting them. If I'm honest, it's kind of it was the first reason that I sat there, but now we yeah. have our it's part of the fun, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. Of course, it's just awful when you get it back and someone who you hate scored against you, but that's by yeah. the by, isn't it? Um I've totally gone off on a tangent. That's here, what makes football though, is that it's that emotion. It, yeah. Yeah, it's that emotion that makes football, isn't it? And that's what we've missed this year. As as good as I follow, well, I say as good as I follow is it isn't, but you know, as much <laughs> as we can watch it on I follow, um, you know, it, it, it's not the same. I mean, again, you look at today, 90th minute winners away at Fleetwoods. That place would go nuts. Monday, that place would be buzzing, absolutely buzzing. But as it is, we've all got to watch a buffering stream on uh, on the internet instead. But I know we've got Sky Monday, so hopefully it won't buffer. But we'll yeah, see. fingers crossed. I'm getting my Sky Q in soon, so hopefully, it, uh, hopefully my new house allows the Sky Q in beforehand. There's no hiccups coming before Monday, but I'm not, holding, I'm not holding my breath. Is on. Um, on to Sunderland and stuff like that. It, it used to be a question I used to hate asking and then gradually over the weeks I've, I've really enjoyed asking this question it's probably my favorite one we're on a ridiculous run we're unbeaten in 11 winning nine of them it, it much looks you know like looks like between three of us as we've mentioned and um, we've been keeping a close eye on news as well and, and hall and the fan bases have all been keeping an eye on each other when you've caught a glimpse of Sunderland, which players have impressed you the most? Like, which ones worry you for Monday? Yeah, I think it would have to be probably the the two you mentioned earlier um, in terms of McGeady and Wyke. Uh, I mean, Wyke is weird because he was never... He wouldn't be... A, you know, if you'd asked me this question this time last year, he's not really somebody that I would have feared, if I'm no. completely honest. But having watched a couple of the Sunderland games this year, and you know, only you only have to look at the, the goal scoring charts, um, it would be wrong not to be worried by him. But it's a it's a it's a, a squad with quality. I suppose a bit like Posh, really. You're, you're looking at a, a squad that's full of quality from from back to front. And um, weirdly, uh, I went on a, a Gillingham podcast a few months back after we beat them, and and they said the same thing about both Posh and Sunderland. Um, you know, they were saying that they're the two squads in the league that you look at and you think that's a from start to you know from goalkeeper to forward that's just got quality written all over it. So. It's interesting that other fan bases look at these two clubs as being the two that really stand out. Um, and weirdly, nobody thinks that about Hull, but here we are, Hull are currently top of the league. But um, yeah, I think I think White and, and McGeady. Um, but yeah, it's. I guess it depends how you guys line up. I mean, what kind of formations do you normally play? What's your sort of normal kind of style of play away from home? 
We can we can be quite fluid because of the injuries we've had. We've we've gone three four three. We've gone recently four at the back. You have two midfield. You have uh, it's kind of like a four four two sometimes. But you're today we played with a ten um, two in midfield, but not necessarily holding. Just a two in midfield with a ten. John, yep. John, Jordan Jones on the right who was phenomenal today, um, and I love him. I might even fancy him a wee bit because um, <laughs> he's just so good. He's um, a man crush. Was... Yeah, yeah, he's just brilliant. Total man crush on him. <laughs> um, and then McGeady on the left and, and White up front. But we, we can be quite fluid, but I would be surprised if we changed the shape based on today's result and performance. You've almost described Peterborough there. We, we've... Been weirdly fluid this year as well. Uh, you know, we we've played three at the back or five at the back if you want to include the wing backs as as five. But actually, in the last couple of games, we've switched to four at the back, um, and we've been much better for it. So, it, yeah, it's almost like you've described posh there, which probably does go in line with what the Jills fan was saying, and that it's it's two teams with with good quality. Um, I, I guess all the time that you're looking at two teams where you've got that sort of quality. Focusing on one player is, is is almost fruitless because all that does then is just allow somebody else to step up to the to the mark. And but we we would be foolish not to you know consider things consider White that that kind of main threat I suppose just really from his, his goal scoring prowess. But I mean I'm confident that that we can we can keep him quiet. It really depends on how you play. I mean the the pitch at London Road is poor. It's better than it has been. Uh, we had a, a leaked water main uh, in the winter and. The January and February games were, it literally was like playing in a wheat field. It was tough, really, really tough. It's got better. It's looking a bit more green, but it's there's still periods where it's um, it's not looking great. So it's not really conducive to, you know, tick-a-tacker, free-flowing football at the moment. Um, and it's more kind of gritty and and a bit more physical is, is what will win that game. So... I think if um, you know if we can nullify your your kind of your big physical threats um, and keep the ball away from the wings, um, who knows? Uh, I guess, but yeah, I, I, if White were to have an unfortunate injury um, Monday morning, I wouldn't be too upset. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same <laughs> with Johnson Clark Harris, I won't lie. Um, so I suppose final question, and I've never got any prediction right this season. Not one. Not one score prediction right, which is horrendous for myself. Really, really bad. Um, but I think it's got 1-1 one, one written all over it. I think at the minute, um, I think both fans, uh, both fan bases would take a, a draw. Um, I would take a draw, yeah. It doesn't really help either of us. Yeah, and I think we probably would as well. Um, and I'm saying that purely because your running it isn't that favourable and you've got Hull to come as well. You're Blackpool twice as well, if I remember rightly, which is, yeah. I mean, you talk about you guys being in good form, Blackpool are, are, are another level. Um, so they're tough games. So I guess, you know, it's it's rather than it's, I think it's a must not lose game for both teams yeah. rather than a must win game for either side. But I think if either side can win that game, I think it's theirs to lose then, if I'm honest. I think whoever, if, if, there's, a, if there's a winner on Monday, I think that team will be will be sort of, you know, knocking on the door of, of, of champions, I think. Um, and I know there's still a lot of football to be played, but that will send out a huge message to the league. Um, and with the run-ins that we've got, 
but yeah, I, I would take a draw. Um, in terms of how I think it will actually play out, I was, I was thinking about this earlier. I'm trying to work out who would be favourite. Um, I guess our home form works in our favour, um, but then you're in good form overall. So it's, I mean, I know a draw would, would be the bookie's favourite, but I, it's a must not lose. So again, I, I'm probably inclined to agree with you. It's got, it's got draw written all over it. Um, like I said at the start, I just hope it lives up to the billion. I hope it's not a dull nil-nil where, where both teams are clearly happy for the point. That's not really the posh way, so I don't think that will happen. Um, but yeah, if I'm going to put my neck on the line, I won't copy your 1-1. I will instead go with a 2-1 posh win. I should have backed us, man. I knew you were going to do that. But, um, I knew you were going to do that. But I'll, I'll stick with my 1-1 because I'm never right. So maybe Sunderland will win. Who knows? I like the logic. Yeah. <laughs> but Tim, thanks for coming on. Good catching up. I hope... Um, I, I don't wish I you any too. luck after today at all. And not any shape or size or form because obviously you're now our direct rivals. But um, it's been lovely to have you on. And maybe we'll see you next season at the, at the detriment of Hull. Who knows? That would be... I think okay by myself. I'll go up with anyone. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, I, th- I think so. And and you know, like like I said before, I think something going up. It's really just who's going up with you. And I think if uh, you look at things like PPG predictions and stuff like that, even that puts you guys top, but can't separate who's going to finish second and third out of ourselves in a hole. Um, yeah, I don't wish you luck on Monday, but I do wish you luck for the rest of the season because, you know, Sunderland, they're, they're, a, they're a massive team. They're, they're too big for League One level. I've always enjoyed coming up to the Stadium of Light, so I've never, I don't, you know, I never wish you guys harm. I would rather see you guys go up than Hull um, with us, obviously. Um, it, it's not that I dislike Hull. I just, they don't seem, having watched them play, they just don't seem like a team that, deserve automatics that's probably being harsh because they have been efficient in what they've done but mm. they just I don't know they just don't seem to have the same quality as as we do perhaps and obviously you guys do so I know that's probably quite arrogant and if there's any whole fans listening I'd question why they're listening to a Sunderland podcast but <laughs> I'm happy to go on record and say that um so uh yeah but no I I I think I just hope Monday lives up to its billing but absolutely good luck for the rest of the season let's just hope that it's um you know it's after we've donked you four nil on Monday <laughs> I'll leave you with that perfect Tim thanks very much mate appreciate it